Welcome everybody to episode four of Disney Plus Reviews. Uh, we are getting ready to review The Mandalorian episode three. I'm your one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm joined by my good friend, co-host, and a business partner who's never stabbed me in the back, Jack Alterman. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Uh, this is a great show. We're changing the name to DPR. DPR. D plus R. Uh, that's worse. I'm, anyway, um, no, Disney plus reviews. Um, and we are talking The Mandalorian, which, by the way, the third episode of that show has not disappointed. It's phenomenal. Oh, it's still good, man. Yes. Hey, like, next episode is halfway through the the entire season. Which is get, sad. Get yeah. Um, the episode's st- still continue to be a little on the short side for me. I, 37 I, minutes. Yeah. So, But, like, once you cut out the intro, like, the recap, and the all, like, there's, like, four minutes of credits. 25 end, minutes. It's like a 31 minute episode, which is not terrible. I mean, it's it's more than what you would get in like a episode of like the Clone Wars or something like that, but also less than what you would get in like a typical one hour TV show, like on ABC or CBS or something like that. So, but, and I truly, I truly think that idea of um, leave people wanting more. Yeah, they're using it here and in a good way because, as someone who I've watched, you know, every episode of Game of Thrones, when they would stream, you know, it streams on HBO and you'd watch it. And, you know, some of those episodes are well well over an hour and 20 minutes. Like, yeah. they're, you know what I'm saying? So you're yeah. like... They're almost like mini movies. Right? right. And so, like, it's kind of nice. It's refreshing to have a show that's not, like, you know, forever. Yeah. So. But uh, still, it, I could still, I could still take more. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a word, just in case people are joining us for the first time. Um, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast. We're well, we are official, but... Officially unofficial. We are unofficial. Uh, we're reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus, and season one of uh, of this podcast of the show is really all about the Mandalorian. We're going to review every single episode of the Mandalorian. That's our promise to you. What we liked, what we thought was just okay, etc. So hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and follow us along. If you haven't listened to the first couple episodes, go back. Those are really great episodes where we talk about the first couple episodes of the Mandalorian. Tell so. a friend as well. Tell yeah. a friend. And not only that, right now, Phil, tell them how they can get a hold of us now on our shiny new email address. Yes. Um, did I write it down? Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail. Mm-hmm. No. Is it Hotmail? At it hotmail. is Hotmail. It is Hotmail. You sent that to me earlier the week. I was like, now spe- Hotmail? Spell out, spell out the word plus. So it's Disney PLUS Reviews at Hotmail.com. Yes. We have an email address now. You can get a hold of us. Tell us what you're watching on Disney Plus Reviews besides Mandalorian. Obviously, give us your reviews of the episodes. We'd love to put you on the show and kind of, you know, quote you, uh, if if you will. Uh, send us audio files if you can do that through email easily. We'd love to play some some phone calls, so to speak, through the email address. So absolutely, Disney Plus Reviews at hotmail.com. So yeah, they can absolutely record their audio on their phone and then email that to us. Yeah. And then we'll play that audio. Yeah, just send us the audio file. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, very good. Phil, your overall take so far is the series, The Mandalorian, doing uh, what you expected it to do as far as, like, for you. Like, as uh, as a Star Wars fan, you're a Star Wars fan. Oh, it's... I is, mean, it, is it exceeding expectations? Is it meeting expectations? Is it below expectations? I think... Is it garbage? I've said... No. I've said is this a couple times fodder? Is it banta fodder? <laughs> I... In almost every way, it's more than what I expected. I, I really was hoping... I, I Maybe I set my expectations a little too low, but I was just expecting a good 
romp, a, g- a good action kind of movie, it, you know, popcorn flick, maybe, you know, adds a little bit to the, the Star Wars universe, but I don't need a ton. You know, the movies already do that for me. So, but man, it has added just a ton of lore and brought in species, alien species. I never thought I would see like, I can't, I can't believe they're doing. Um, if you're listening to this and you don't know, we're about to spoil it. We are going to spoil everything that we've seen so far. So, um, three, two, one, this is your last chance. And spoil. We're, we're seeing some force powers in the show, which I never thought we would ever see. Yeah. I thought I expected zero of yeah. force powers. And I, yeah. I expected, and I would have been okay with that. I expected the universe, this universe to be kind of away from that. And yeah, like its own, thing and it is its own thing but the force powers have helped you know like we we had rogue one and i've not seen solo but um you know we've we've you s- haven't really no i, I need good. to see it Man, i know it's, it's i know that's that's a um no thing it's, and that's okay no, but i'm saying it's good rogue one is great by the way and, and star wars has shown in other words that you don't need you don't always need the force you can tell a really good story mm-hmm. with these characters with these planets with these species all, all the stuff with that's these going jawa on star wars. Yeah, there's, jawa there's you, a lot to love to, about star wars that has nothing to do with the force and so i really thought that we wouldn't really even see the force in this series but i've been pleasantly surprised that we actually have seen it so and i um just overall i think that john Favre has done a good job of directing this thing, oh yeah, pacing it out. He's obviously a Star Wars fan, uh, and he uh, is very hands on, and and that's creating a really good a really good series. So yeah, I'm digging it. Uh, anyway, so uh, just like we do for every episode, what we're going to do is we're going to recap the episode. So uh, episode three in this case, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments. Questions, thoughts, and predictions that we might have remaining uh, at the end of this episode, and then what else are we watching on Disney Plus? So. Let's go ahead and launch into it. Um, so where we last left our hero at the end of episode two, basically the Mandalorian had gotten the child away from this planet, was en route. Like we didn't know where he was going. Um, and that was kind of what we talked about mm-hmm. at the end of the episode mm-hmm. was some of our predictions for this episode. Where is he going? Yes. And we find out pretty quick that, nope, he really is going back to the planet yep. where he originally got the bounty. He's a bounty hunter. And the... The job of a bounty hunter is to absolutely uh, get get what you're supposed to get, get the bounty, and then take it back to uh, whoever had the bounty out on that uh, bounty, if you will. And um, he, right off the bat, lands his uh, ship uh, and then walks into the city gates uh, with uh, Baby Yoda following behind in the uh, floating uh, crib by Krako Cribs. I don't know if you knew that or not. There's a tie-in. <laughs> Craco <laughs> Cribs. Well, I thought there might be a t- tie-in with Bounty. Like when you were talking about b- Bounty, I for some reason do you remember the old commercials where it was like yes. like the the song was like Bounty, the quicker or picker up. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you were saying the word Bounty, I was thinking of that a song bounty. for some reason. <laughs> a Bounty of Harvest, Thanksgiving, you know. Um, so anyway, he takes the baby back in. He goes directly. To the now, you know, defunct uh, well, we, Empire. Bef- before, we, before he gets to the plan, we have to talk about the the little ball. That is on that episode, isn't it? It's yeah. the beginning of this episode. Yeah, it's, before even it arrives, I think it's maybe the very first scene that you see. You see Baby Yoda, we're, whatever we're calling this thing. The child, I don't know what to call him. The child in, in the back. And he gets out of his seat, his little pod, or whatever, and climbs up. And he loves that little ball that's on that lever. And it's the hyperdrive level, I believe. Okay, is what it gotcha. Is. Um, and so he wants to take it off and, and eat it. <laughs> or nothing else play with yeah, it, I he, guess, maybe. Yeah, he really likes it. Uh, and that's about all we see. It's a little cute little scene, whatever, but that comes back mm-hmm. uh, later in the episode a couple times. So I thought that was an interesting 
thing to come back to. But he takes the child uh, directly to Empire R Us, the uh, people that are looking for uh, whatever they're they're looking for this kid. Uh, basically, just to get a blood sample or a fluid sample or something. Yeah, we don't really know. They we're not sure. Maybe a midichlorian sample. Yeah, we're um, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but like at, at one point he says when he's like spying on him, he says, "Get the necessary material," and that's as close as we've gotten to any kind of indication as to what Doctor Pershing is really after. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to assume DNA or blood or something like that. The necessary material is what he said. Could be earwax. So, yeah, it could could just it be earwax. Could be earwax. Yeah, Yoda earwax. Yoda wax. Um, so he gets to Doctor Pershing. He almost immediately goes straight there. Goes right to Doctor Pershing and the client. The client's obviously you know overjoyed, and he's pretty serious with these guys at first. In fact, he kind of leads with the question. He says, "How many fobs did you give out?" And like I loved that that line just because yeah. it was such a throwback to. The for even the first episode where you see IG Eleven and then episode two you see a whole bunch more guys coming after him. He's like, okay, no, I I know all these guys, maybe most or if not all of these guys were from you. Like you sent all these bounty hunters, and that even gets doubled down on. If anything, I, at first I thought they're never never going to answer that question. Like, yeah. you know, how is this whole bounty hunting thing working with this child? Yeah, and but then as we see later in the episode, we'll get to it in a few minutes. That everyone knows about. Yeah, everyone. But it's such a. Tough bounty to go get. And I thought for sure in season one, like that he was being given like this super ultra secret, you know, for your eyes only. Nobody knows about that is not what we're doing. No, just he's the best bounty hunter. So he he can track down the the bounty. Yeah. The the interaction between him and uh, what's the guy's name? Gosh, why do I keep forgetting this guy's name? The the guy who used to work for the Empire. Dr. Pershing? No, the other guy. I think they just call him the client. The client. So the client, basically he says... I can't believe you got it. Now you're going to be rich. Here's this old ice cream maker. Um, and he opens it up. And by the way, that's a inside to the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, which is I really saw cool. that. Yeah. And um, he opens it up. And lo and behold, it's all this best car uh, steel. And it's just, I mean, he's rich now, basically. Oh, it's more it's more value, valuables than he's ever yeah, seen, probably. He's rich now. So this best car, um, he, he sees it. They're taking the child now back into the um, operating room or wherever. And he goes crying, by the way. Like, yeah. I, he's, he I, looks at him and like, like, oh, he was so sad to hear, hear him cry like that on the way out. He knew like, it oh, too. Man. And he, he was like, <laughs> you could tell too, which is interesting. I, I'll say this later on too, because there's another scene that this happens at too. The, the Mandalorian has no, I mean, he has a mask on, so there are no facial expressions, right. but he is able to project feeling it's weird. Yeah, it is to, really through weird. the looks, through a mask that you can't. I mean, through a helmet, you can't even see his face. That still, he's able to project feelings of. He pauses, and then kind of looks back at the client, and he basically says, "What are you going to do with it?" Yeah. Which then the client says, "What does he say?" The client uh, says, "That's." He, he, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but basically, he says, "Like that's not really your concern." Like, that's not your concern, and. That's actually isn't that against your code? Yeah, yeah. To ask that, which actually the kind of the stormtrooper guys in the room kind of look at him like, "Yeah, why are you asking that?" Yeah, why do you care? And like, really, it really is the the code of the guild to forget about everything once it's done. Yeah. Like once the transaction has occurred, just move on. Like, right. don't even think about it. Right. Uh, do we? You did say the title of this episode is the sin. No, right? I didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's called uh, the sin. So the sin. When I saw that, you kind of knew. Okay, is the sin? What is the sin? I kind of you when you see it before you see the episode, you see that title and you think, 
okay, uh, is this the sin, him giving the child up, mm-hmm. or maybe he doesn't give the child up, or maybe he takes the child because you're not you're not sure. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which is the sin? It's up, it's up for interpretation. We let's talk about it right now, actually, huh. while we're talking about it, while we're already sure. mentioning it. But um, I mean, some people have said maybe the sin is him like turning on the guild. Yeah. Like at the very end of the yeah. episode, he's basically fighting them, killing mm-hmm. a lot of them. Wow. Um, I, I don't. I can't think of this any kind of sin that he committed with the other Mandalorians. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But I, yeah. I think it really is about him giving up that child. Yeah. Like that that he he shouldn't. Had done it. He knew he shouldn't have. He he was already guilty about it even before he walked into the room, mm-hmm. and then walking out of that room, giving up this crying child to these whatever you know yeah. crazy stuff is going to go on in that back yeah. room, and walking away. I, I think that's the sin. Like he see, he and, repents of that sin later. I think. But. And my see my thought on the sin is when he he does what he does, and basically his feelings continue on with the uh, the what was the assassins the. Uh, bounty, bounty, bounty hunters hunter. guild. Yeah, yeah. And he turns on them basically, and yeah. takes back his whole thing and does exactly what he's not supposed to do. But anyway, yeah. Um, he then leaves, and this is actually, I didn't perceive. This is dumb for me to say this, but I didn't perceive the other Mandalorians to become this now involved. Oh, absolutely. With this series, yeah, one hundred percent agree. I anticipated him. I, I honestly, he would not be aligned with them maybe at some point, and I then they would just ever, not even be a thing. I didn't even know if we'd ever see them again for the rest of the series. Which is weird. Yeah, and we're in a much different place now. Right. He goes back to their lair, which, what's he call it? Um, not a coven, but a, I don't even know. A, um, it's their their secret lair. And they are... And, the and, covert. Okay, covert. Okay, yeah. so here's... The, and it's covert because they... They are in hiding. One of them makes the comment about, "Yeah, hey, we can only go out one at a time." Yeah, yeah, we never see the. We light can't day. even walk around, and we yeah, we can't go around. You know, yeah, nobody knows about this place. Yeah, this little underground hideout. And so it's this weird thing where it's like they're basically hiding in the city. No one knows they're there. I think some of my favorite scenes have been inside of that that room. Well, because it's the been such a cloudy, murky, we don't know what's happening situation. And, and we got a long scene in the covert this this episode, which I wasn't expecting at all. I thought maybe he would get that if he was going to get the Beskar steel at all. I, I thought, well, maybe he doesn't even take it back to the covert, whatever. But they have this long conversation about this is the way and this religion, yeah. and we see more flashback stuff. Uh, we see the the thing melted. I don't know. What, what do you want to talk about in all that? Well, it, there's talk, a lot. Let's this that he goes back to the covert and immediately he walks in with this you know the the ice cream maker thing the yeah. big ice cream maker thing he's carrying and they're looking at him like oh what is this and he puts it down and opens it up and the smelter person the person that's you know makes the best girl armor for him she she i'm assuming she she is like obviously taken back by it yeah and then others start to gather and they're like holy crap he's got like 20 pieces of Beskar steel, which is like unbelievable. Probably then, more than any of them have ever seen. But then, and then let's call it, John Farber actually voices the bigger character that has this huge Gatling gun thing, which right. is, by the way, awesome. Dude, that gun was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. He makes the comment that, oh, well, this Beskar steel has the Imperial stamp on it, yeah. which is basically, um, it's basically thumbing their noses in our face or like putting it in our face that they stole our stuff. He's like, but th- we've gotten it back. 
Like this is us getting it back. Yeah, there's two two sides of the coin. She's she's the one side coin. Like, hey, hey, let's celebrate. Like, we, yeah. we got this back. It's back in our hands again. But the other side of the coin is that thing has a, a empire insignia it's blood, on it. and it's blood blood basically yeah, because it, it's the same, our blood is on it. It's the same people that that executed the Great Purge yeah. are the ones that basically you know created that bar that yes. you're carrying around. Yeah. So, yeah, some of them are excited about it. Some yeah. of them are not. I'm going to call John Farber's character Tank. By the way, okay. Uh, so Tank. Yeah. All right. He and the Mandalorian, Mando, as uh, Grief, the, uh, I the like Grief that. calls him Mando. Yeah. Um, he, they end up holding each other at knife point in the covert. And they're like, hey, calm down, calm down. Everyone's going to benefit from this. Uh, it's a good thing. And the tank character, I'm, again, I'm going to call him tank because he's, mad, he's big yeah, he's and big. he's got this huge gun. And um, he's basically like, we have to go out individually. We can't. We can't be seen out in daylight. It's we're hiding out. What what kind of a religion is that basically? And then the smelter lady, who is, I'm assuming is the leader, but I, I don't even know. Yeah, is basically she's like, this is the way. Yeah. So this is how this is how you do it. Wait, he's mentioned um, like in a previous episode. He's talking about weapons from my religion, and, and he, I think to a certain extent, Mandalorians, or at least the, the ones that are left, are somewhat religious. They 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 chant this this phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the way. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like saying Amen if you've been in church yeah. um, much. But uh, you know, so one person says Amen, everyone says Amen. Um, we don't really know a lot of the creed of this religion, but we know that they never removed their helmets. She she talks about that. Yes. She's like, have you ever removed your ever. helmet? No, I've never Which done is so. unbelievable. I've, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and then this is the way, like, you know, we, we I, I kind of interpreted it as like, we all have each other's back. Like, you know, if you, if we all, if so, so say, says one of us, so says all of us type and, of thing. And their willingness, the way is also being willing to suffer in remote location away from everybody else in solitude sometimes yeah to do the mandalorian way which i guess is still be ready at any moment to to battle and that's the thing these mandalorians are of the more the ancient way of mandalorians who are more warring who are more battle ready that sort of thing there's a there was a split in the mandalorians where there are some of them that became more um domestic i guess is the best way to say regular people and that's the people that eventually um the empire completely wiped out and took over and then these people are the mil- the warring ones that have kind of they've been scattered across the galaxy the more battle ready and that's what the ones with wear the armor and the helmet and everything yeah is, so. most of the meat as far as like what we learned about just this world the lore and stuff like that was in this scene so I, i'm glad we're spending some time mm-hmm. on it the um I love. I watched the episode twice. The, the thing, the the phrase I keep coming back to over and over again about this episode that I love the most was, he actually calls the child his enemy at one point, and I think that's really intriguing. And I think it has a lot to do with the sin. Mm-hmm. But like he talks about how that like they're 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 willing. They're like, okay, this is like the biggest you know prize that we've ever seen anyone win from any bounty. It's time for your your signet. Is yeah, what he, you've what, earned what a signet because yeah. of you've the way you were able to earn this bounty. Yeah, you killed the mudhorn. Yeah, and it, they talk about his damaged armor, and he's like, "Yeah, it's because of the mudhorn." And so this this leader, this forge person, whatever, says 
then the, the Mudhorn will be your signet. And he says, no, I haven't earned it because my enemy helped me take down the Mudhorn. I didn't do it alone. Yeah, and now I didn't know I hit the enemy and, and the enemy didn't know that it was my enemy at the time. Yeah, and that, that was... Which such, the enemy is Baby Yoda. Yeah, it was such beautiful language. But the, the way that he said it, basically, even in this moment, of course, I think he repents of it later, but even in this moment, he doesn't see the child as a friend, right. like as someone that he's going to protect. Uh he literally sees him as the target for this bounty still, right. like as he's sitting there. And, and obviously, I think within 10 minutes of that episode, he flips all the way around. Right. But in that moment, he hasn't qu- quite come to grips with it. Right. Like what he actually, how he actually sees the child. So, and um, yeah, it's really cool. And um, so he gets the, they they form the new, um, the new armor for him, his chest plate. So cool, by the way. And his other shoulder plate, too, by the yeah. way. His helmet was already okay. His other shoulder plate was good. He has a complete set, basically. He has now a complete set of armor, and it's real shiny. She, was it her? Was it, was it, she was the one that said, you're going to really stick out. Like, yeah. people are not going to like you very much. Right. Because of all this Beskar, and like, it actually kind of makes him a target. Yeah. But who's going to really mess with him? Yeah, it, it's. That's what I kind of kept thinking. I'm like, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's driving around the fanciest, you know, Lamborghini ever, but yeah, it's the Terminator right. driving around this car so yeah you're not gonna mess with him so he can wear whatever he wanted to so um she says that she has a little bit left over of course they save some of it for the foundlings of course which they keep bringing it up and i love that the foundlings are our future yeah they are the future they are the future um and but then she says you know i can save some of it for a weapon for you and she mentions the whistling birds which are awesome which are super cool like maybe maybe my favorite weapon that i've seen how many of those did she really make though they're hard Um, to make she said yeah it looked it looked to me like maybe 10 or so yeah but yeah anyway yeah i mean they're they're very there she said they're expensive to make they're rare like it's hard to it's hard to make them um and i honestly i wasn't sure that we would see the payoff of the whistling birds in the same episode yeah but sure enough, like five or ten minutes later, he's already using them. What so. is cool about this, too, that the series or the first season is only eight episodes, so you do get some right. quick payoffs. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like they don't they, have a they, ton of time. They're not building to a long 24-episode uh, season. Um, so he, he goes back to Grief, um, who is you know sitting at his usual table. Good <laughs> that Grief. Guy, that, guy, that guy literally never leaves that table. And it's Carl Weathers, yeah. if you don't, Dude, don't I, remember. He's doing great. Chubbs from uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. Apollo Creed. Um, and he um, is so excited to see his friend Mando. Yeah, he, Mando, how are you, Mando? He's super We've proud. We've all become rich now. Here I am rich, and here's my best scar as well. I am also rich as well. Yeah. It's really funny how he's acting. His yeah. acting is... <laughs> Somewhat over the top in this moment for me. <laughs> yeah, just a little too excited. Well, Mando. <laughs> um, he basically is like so proud of him. He's like, hey, you can have your pick of bounties. Take some time off if you want. Of course, you know, Mando's Have a, a little Debbie snack cake while you're at it. Here we go. <laughs> Mando's a businessman, so he's Eat not going to do that. Um, and he, and it, again, there's there's so many like uh, little winks and nods and Easter eggs and stuff in every episode. But they actually show uh, Amon Calamari. Um, Ooh, character a fob, I, tracking he, he fob? picks the tra- he picks the tracking the puck, fob puck, yeah. puck. and uh, oh you've chosen you're going to be going to the ocean of whatever calamari blah 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 blah. Well, he says a nobleman's son, and I was like, is this that, that can't be Akbar? Admiral Akbar's son is like party boy, maybe. Yeah, um, I mean at this time Akbar's still very much alive. Yeah. Like we see him in yeah. the newer movies. Didn't you see Akbar's son swimming around with like some <laughs> cocktail sauce, really partying? Get it? Anybody? Yes. Okay. Calamari. Uh, 
but yeah, it can't be it can't be Akbar's son because he calls him a nobleman. Like everyone knows, he's an admiral. Ak- admiral you Akbar, be a nobleman, so. right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe his other relatives are sure is an admiral. Is an admiral a nobleman? Maybe in their society. Okay, could be. We're not to question the calamari people. I'm really interested to see if we see that. We won't that character. It was but. just like a, a misnomer because what happens next, Phil? Um, he, he asks them. He asks Griff. Grief. Good grief. <laughs> Um, he says, what are they going to do with, with the, with the child? Yeah. You're not to ask that. Yeah. He's like, forget about it. Forget about it. Get a camp to know of spice and. And by the time you come out of hyperdrive, (laughs) you will remember the thing. Oh, yes. Basically, you get high and forget all about it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. When he he mentions like the baths, like he's like, yeah, just enjoy life, man. Kick back. You did it. The, um, Twi'lek. Are they people with yeah, the it's, with it's like the the, 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 the green skin person in uh, Jabba's palace? Yeah, that's chained up. That's chained up. Yeah, and uh, go to their go to their baths and go and hang out with them. Have a good time. Yeah, I mean they're probably you know singing a song or something. I don't know what they're gonna do there. We don't know. So he he gets in the ship and did you think for a moment that he was actually gonna leave the planet? Yeah. Did you you think you you thought he would? I'll say that in in that moment when he left the baby in the first place, I was like, maybe this series is just like him on missions. Yeah, and this is what we're gonna get. I was gonna go for, but then I thought back to the title of the show. It's called The Sin, (laughs) and I figured it wasn't really just him dropping the kid off. I wasn't too surprised when he turns the engines off. And and what caused him though, Phil? What caused him to turn the engines off? Because he puts his hand down and he sees the the ball is missing from that lever. And he remembers the kid. And he realizes. And he screws it back on. And then he fires down the um, engines. Yeah. And the best part of the whole episode happens next for me. Okay. Why don't you talk about it? Well, he goes into... Well, first of all, he goes to the Empire... um, Annex or whatever you want to call it, you know, Empire R Us, and they're in there. He does this one. He knocks on the door, and the uh, droid eyeball thing comes out and goes, blah, 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 and he reach. He he is to the side of it, so it can't see it. Yeah, he reaches out and just rips it off. Dude, that was so awesome. And so then he sidesteps. The stormtroopers come out. They come out to look. He's like, oh, secure the perimeter, which is perfect, by the way, because in any show that says secure, I'm in. Yeah. In any movie or show that says secure the perimeter. <laughs> and so they he, they come out, he then slips in, and then he proceeds to basically, it basically turned into, uh, if you've ever played Doom. Yeah. Or if you played any, like, this first person shooter type scenario. Yeah, Call of Duty or Where he yeah. just, like, coming through. And he has, like, so many variety of kills. Well, I was going to say, he's, he's a walking arsenal. Like, he has so many weapons on him. It, yeah. It's the flamethrower. It's the the big disintegrator gun. It's yes. the blaster. It's yeah, it's the, the shocking tines on the end of the disintegrator he's, gun. He's like ziplining people in, oh. into a knife His, thrust. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy is he's a ninja. Like, yeah, it's or a Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's unstoppable. So he just ends up stealthily killing all these people. Makes his way to the um, child. Yeah. Goes in there, Doctor. What's the guy's name? Pershing. Doctor yeah. Pershing is he's, there. He's terrified. He's just like, no, 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 no. Which is interesting. Don't kill me. Yeah. Uh, and Doctor Pershing says, "I'm the only. Listen, it's just a baby. Please don't kill it. It's just a child. It's not blah 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 blah." Thinking he's there to kill the kid. Yeah. Not to save the kid. Right. But he's like, 
I, if it weren't for me, this child wouldn't even be alive right now. And that that one and that line, is very true. That one line is huge. It says a lot about Doctor Pershing's motivation. Like he has no interest in killing this thing. Yeah. And so, like earlier, that exchange between that we got to see a little bit of a, between Doctor Pershing and the client. The client obviously doesn't care. Like, hey, that thing can die for all I care. Yeah. And Doctor Pershing clearly wants that thing alive. Like he's willing to extract DNA, blood. We don't really know some kind of material from him. Mm-hmm. We kind of skipped over the part where he's like doing that like a spy espionage yeah. on them is like, which is so cool. He, like he, he, that he can do sensing that. You. Yeah. And listening in on their conversation. And so, you know, we get to learn a little bit about Dr. Pershing's motivation and what he's really after. So I, I mean, cloning who knows, but he wants to do something with some material that he extracted from this child. And that's pretty much it. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. Take the child at this point. All I, all I really needed was this sample. Whatever he got. True. And um, so he takes the baby. Then he has to make his way out. There are several, uh, still several people there. He ends up getting cornered by four of them. Yeah. He's like, listen, listen, I'm just going to sit my blaster down. Very. By the way, this whole thing is very old West. Oh, yeah. This whole situation. The whole series. The whole series is so Western, and I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, And he sits the blaster down. He sits, starts to sit the baby down. But then he triggers, what are they called? The whistling birds? Whistling birds. And they fly around and... So good, man. And kill the four uh, stormtroopers that it, had him The sound effects on, on that part are, are really great. Um, yeah. It kind of reminds me, and John Favreau obviously has a connection, it kind of reminds me of an Iron Man type of thing yes. where like missiles yes. kind of going out. Very smart. Um, one guy that I was sitting next to when, while we were watching it on our lunch break, we're Fridays at lunch is like Mandalorian, Mandalorian time. time. Um, he said uh, it kind of reminds me of like the the Yondu weapon, or uh-huh. like it like the whistler, the whistling the arrow. Yeah, his arrow. yeah, where he just like sends it out. Uh, but obviously, four of them mm-hmm. all at the same time, um, or more than four, I think. Yeah. And then like they detonate on impact is really cool. Yeah, like, really, I, really cool. Honestly, they we will see that again. That with the whistling. Yeah, when they, let's see, runs out of. Yeah, Which he I think will. he probably burned about maybe half of them, and I don't know if he gets more later, but they have to bring that back at some point. It's really cool. Um, the well, basically, then he gets he gets out of the he gets out of there. Yeah, and but what, then so funny, dude. I what happens next is oh, I was laughing, and I didn't. I guess I I'm confused. Does this child have a tracker in it? Is yeah, it? Yeah, that's is a it, great question. Is its DNA just being tracked? I, I'm I'm I don't understand. Like I, I because. All of when you guys, yeah, you've been, to, you know, when you go to Olive Garden, Phil, yeah, and you get the little thing that yeah. lights up when it's, your table's ready. <laughs> That's what I thought of when yes. when all the bounty hunters literally in all of this planet, wherever they're at, yeah, and at the you know the bounty hunter guild, yeah, all of them are sitting around the bar, and the light comes on, and I wish we had that sound, like it's just like so. <laughs> so good. And they all look at it. And like Grief li- looks at it. Literally the entire guild and the entire bar is lighting up. Grief's face in this is actually, Carl Weathers does a really good job in this yes, one. Yes. Because his facial re- response is very much like, why did he do this? Yeah. What's he done? Yeah. Because he feels double-crossed. Because I bet in his in his mind, he's thinking, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do to try to help this person out. Right. What's happened they track him out. He, you watch uh, the Mandalorian walk out into the street, and as he's walking by, someone else's fob lights up, someone else's tracker lights up, someone else's tracker lights, and so then you're just like, "Oh crap!" And he and he starts to realize it. <laughs> 
And so then he ends up getting cornered in the, you know, in the streets. It's high noon in the streets, basically. And, and this is reminiscent of episode one where they have that big shootout. IG-11 is there and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there are more enemies here. Like he's taking out. He's, 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 there's only one of them this time. And they're considered much more skilled. Yes. IG, IG-11, they're shooting these random jobber minion people that right, are, right. you know, faceless, nameless, whatever. Well, these are all like bounty hunters. These are pros. And yeah. Carl Weathers' character. Grief is there, too, and he basically makes his way out. Did you see it coming? So one of the big reveals, I think, in the episode was that Grief is not really his friend. I No, I, I don't think they were. I didn't. I knew he would. I figured he would be against him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, just didn't think it would come to this, like, like the, he, to that level. I mean, he goes so far as to, like, we're going to kill you, and we're going to well, save I mean, that child. Right. His whole life, is, his whole life revolves around... Around this, and, and, and it makes him look bad. Like, he's the leader of this guild. Yeah. So then when his top guy does this, it makes him look really bad. Uh, Grief is, is really, honestly, kind of becoming one of my favorite characters in the show. Uh, I really like Quill. Um, the, um, we never see Quill again, though, do we? I don't know. I almost wonder if he's not going back to Quill. Like, if we, if we don't... Mm, that could be a possibility. In the next episode. But at any rate, um, I, I love that Grief's, like, Grief is automatically in one episode a lot more nuanced than we originally thought. So uh-huh. I, I never thought we'd see more just kind of service level, like, you know, here's your here's your next, you know, task or whatever. But now he's, like, a, somewhat of a friend, like, like hey, you know, Mando, good job. You know, one second just patting mm-hmm. him on the back, the next second just absolutely turning on him. Yes. And, like, literally... Act, actively trying to kill him. Well, and they did this thing whenever he, whenever Grief um, does that. It doesn't remind me directly of it, but it reminds me of a, an aspect of Breaking Bad. And then the uh-huh. idea that you have Giancarlo Esposito at some point is going to be Moff Gideon on this thing, who is going to be another bad guy. And Giancarlo Esposito on Breaking Bad is one of my favorite characters ever. Isn't As he, Gus Fring, yeah. isn't he in the show? Jean, Jean, That's what I'm saying. He's coming on the show at okay, some gotcha, point. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. We haven't seen him yet. Uh, the other one is um, Gina um, Carano is going to be also be on the show. Okay. And there are certain people we have we that were teased that are on this show. Yeah. But we haven't met them yet. You yeah, know, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So there's five more episodes, and they got to yeah. be in one of them. Werner Herzog is the client. We gotta remember Warner Herzog's name. The actor. I, I just forget his he's name. He's so good, man. I, I love any scene that he's in, he's just absolutely chewing up scenery. Um and then the big the big reveal number two is I mean, it's looking bad. Like he at the, at one point he hates droids, obviously. Oh, I totally skipped over this, by the way. There's the so in the flashback scene, let's go back just for a second. The flashback scene when he's in the, you know, the uh, covert or whatever, they flash back again and we see a lot of the same kind of shots that we saw in the first episode. But this time we actually see battle droids, B2 battle droids, by the way. Yes. Really cool. Um, like gunning down family and friends of his during the Great Purge. And so at this point now it's pretty clear this is why he hates droids. Like he's never trusted droids because they killed his parents, parents and, yes. yeah, and family members. But anyway, um, so we see um, him like basically like dive into that cart that that droid is driving. Of course, it's like his, his only recourse is to trust this droid just for a second. Yeah. And so he's like, drive, drive, and whatever. The droid, but the droid, droid at first, what's the droid do at first? Um, does he like he goes, shake his head? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> and he's like, drive, and he holds his blaster up. To yeah, him, like I'm gonna shoot like, you. <laughs> it takes off. But then Grief very, very cleverly shoots the droid. Uh, which, but not before you get some really cool 
old western stuff. And I wonder if there was a Wilhelm scream when this happened, by the way. Yeah. Um, he shoots a guy off of a roof. And he goes like flying, ah. <laughs> flying off the front. Ah. <laughs> like a flip. Yes. Forward flip. Flip, forward flip. Um, um, and then, okay, so then the big reveal, number two, in come the Mandalorians. Okay, and so it, this is when, in this moment, it's the jig is up. The Mandalorian yeah, is going to die he's or something. He's he, there's just yeah. no way he's going to get out of there. He the he looks down at Baby Yoda, and the child opens its eyes and looks at him. Mm-hmm. And you have this again, like this feelings that are between these two. Yeah. And and then it's like in that moment though, over the top, you see when he when the Baby Yoda is looking back up at um, Mandalorian, you see like a missile or something going over the top. And then, and yeah. here here come the Mandalorians, which I did not expect that. No, I don't know what I expected. I didn't see it coming. I, maybe I expected force force powers out of the baby, right? And he that just would have like, been a lot though. There flies was... him up into the spa- into space. I don't know. I mean, honestly, even for a Jedi taking on that many people with guns would be impressive. I mean, like maybe with a couple lightsabers deflecting yes. all those yes. blaster shots. I don't know. Right. But yeah, I mean, that would have been impressive. But yeah, I, I didn't know how he was going to get out of it. I thought something like maybe grief was going to do it. Hey, everybody stand down or try to make some kind of deal. I didn't know how he was going to get out. Yes. But when the Mandalorians come over the top of that, that you know, the entryway or whatever of this, you know, this um, Wild yeah. West town. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And they, they like I said, they fly in and, and they just attack and they get they get it under control really quickly. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we did not. Jetpacks and everything. We, we, we didn't talk about this, too. The blaster gun, he's in the back of the, before the Mandalorians show up, he's in the back of that cart. Yeah. And he's able to get a line sight on a few of those people and he starts disintegrating people. Yeah, he's. And what was cool about that for me was that bought him some space yeah. because they were like, and you think about how this would be if you or I were like in a situation in a war situation yeah. and you're on this city street and people just start, people, you know, just start disintegrating as you see them. Yeah. That, that would definitely give you kind of a, like a, Oh crap. Like maybe back off just for a second. Cause he definitely was just murdering them left and right. So I, I definitely would have that moment of, of like, okay, maybe we don't have this in hand. Well, yeah. And <laughs> let's get out of here because Holy crap. And anyway, so then the Mandalorians show up, and they're just like, they own it quickly. He escapes. He gets in his... When, um, when okay, he continues. He, he uh, yells at a tank, because uh, we actually see Tank. Yeah. Uh, just for, we're going to call him Tank. Place. That's not his name. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what else are they going to call Such him? Such a great character. Though. What else are they going to call I, him? I, I'd like to see him again, but um, he yells at him. He says, you're, you're going to have to relocate the, the covert. And, he, and basically, he's like, yeah, I know. This, is, oh, this I is the way. I don't care. Yeah, this is the this way. Is That's the way. right. That's right. Yeah, he says this is the way. Yeah. So, like, they they know the implications of what this is going to do. They're yeah. going to have to, you know, probably move to a different planet. Right. Um, but they don't care because they're out for each other. And I thought Which, that was really awesome. Again, that adds a whole other dynamic to this because I thought it was going to be, I guess I thought that show would be more of a loner show. Like, yeah. he's going to be on his own. He has no support. He's just well, him. I think I felt like in the trailers, even before the show, before Disney Plus launched, they kind of sold it as, as Yeah, that. he's a lone gunman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, he gets back to his ship, and who's waiting for him? Grief comes out of the shadows. I knew, I, I knew something was going to happen. Like he's not just going to walk away. No. Um, he very smartly kind of hits his um, uh, grapple gun type of thing and shoots the carbonite chamber, which fills the the ship with with mist, with gas, or whatever. And then he shoots grief in the chest. And I didn't actually, ca- I didn't even actually think of it like first off yeah but the guy that was sitting next to me he's like oh he's like he's like where did he shoot him i I thought if nothing else 
he got shot in the shoulder and we were going to have him around. Yeah. I knew he wasn't going to die. Right. But how clever of a way for them to, uh, and that's very, this is very old West too, by the way. Yeah. Because he gets shot where at? In his uh, Beskar uh, bar of Beskar that he was bragging about earlier. Yeah. We all got rich. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, it was very old west. Like, uh, you know, you got the Bible and in your vest, or yeah, you know, like some or kind a, of uh, one plate. of the pieces of gold or something. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if Judas were to get shot in the Bible, it would have been in one of his thirty pieces of gold that right. he held in his breast pocket. I just made that up. Um, very, very, very cool. Um, on purpose? Do you think? Do you think the Man- Mandalorian shot him there, knowing that he was not going to kill him? Either way, I think that what's this, that that um, grief is going to be out to get him now, and yeah. they're going to send his best after him. I hopefully I w- an IG eleven or hopefully an IG twenty two. Yeah, I want to believe that he did it on purpose. Like he, I'm going to shoot him exactly where I know the Beskar steel is. Like because I don't I don't want to kill my friends. Right. Um. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. Maybe it's just an accident. Yeah. And just you know. Luckily survived, but I almost want to believe that the Mandalorian actually did that on purpose. So he's so. flying away. He gets in his ship, and this is really cool, by the way. Um, it, never thought about this, but he does not have a jetpack. No, he doesn't. They all, the rest of them apparently do, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. And uh, Tank character, John Farber's character, flies up. This is very funny to me. Yeah. He salutes him, like military style. Yeah. I don't know what I think about that. Like other than, <laughs> we haven't really seen anyone do that, right? I do Empire. How do I they mean s- they do? I could the see Empire the rebels does? doing that. I could see the Empire okay. doing that. Okay, okay. But then this group, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what I. I don't know what kind of a symbol they could do. Like the maybe the rocket, <laughs> like rock fist or rock hands or right too sweet or something. I don't P- know. But peace like sign. peace sign. I don't know. Um, number one, De- deuces. But I guess they're like, well, I guess we'll just have them salute. It'll look like War Machine flying by a yeah. plane, but which, which by the way, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Holy cow! Can they really fly that like that? A that fast? Like he's keeping up with the ship, and he's that high in the air, and 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 at that altitude was the other thing too. Yeah, and then you go back to um, Boba Fett. Boba Fett, his jetpack is the reason that Han Solo was able to uh, shoot him down and him land in the Sarlacc pit, right? On Return of the Jedi, because his jetpack got hit in the wrong place. Yeah. And you're telling me this jetpack can fly up into the stratosphere above the clouds? I didn't see that coming. I correct me if I'm wrong. We've only seen it in like short bursts, right? Like you just kind of hover up and over a chasm. Yeah, yeah, but and he, over. yeah, it's more of like a jumping kind of mechanism. Yeah. I, I maybe at, at some points like we see him kind of like hovering over mm-hmm. space, like ten feet above the ground type of thing. But um, no, he was full yeah, on this like is, flying. Yeah, he's the air. Iron Man. Yeah, no, it was it was kind of cool. Um, but, no, yeah, it's cool. But it's at, just, at the same time, it's kind of like there, not what I expected. Yeah, there wasn't any setup or you know backup no, for that at all. No, so. and, and he because he'd been in the air for a while in this in his craft. Anyway, he looks over at the jetpack tank character, salutes him, and he goes, "What does he say?" I've got to get one of those. Yeah, so good. <laughs> That's a great line. Baby Yoda, um, he gives, he unscrews the ball and gives Baby Yoda the ball at the end. And Baby Yoda catches it, by the way. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't see that. He drops it in his hand and he catches it. That's cool. It's not just like a handoff. It's like he drops it like about three or four inches and he catches it. Um, I, I feel like we learned quite a bit about the child in this episode. One of the things that I we were, we've kind of been speculating about on this podcast was... So he's 50 years old, which for us is like your middle age, past middle age, maybe. Um, for them, obviously, that's nothing. They live to be 900 plus years. Yeah. But he really is a baby. Like he um, he doesn't speak. He kind of coos and kind of does goo goo gaga kind of noises. Yeah. And then as they're taking him, he full on cries. So like 
this is a baby. This is not like someone that's just all of a sudden just going to start speaking English. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's they're going to stick to their guns on like, no, it's a baby, um, which is really interesting. So, uh, and he likes playing with little toys. Like he's a he's a baby in every sense. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, favorite moments. Definitely when he went into the um, bad guy's lair and just mowed them all down. Yeah. The okay, the the streets of high noon standoff thing with all the all the uh, other bounty hunters was really cool. Yeah, it was longer than I thought um, it was gonna be. The Mandalorians coming in, saving the day. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Yep. Maybe others will say they did, but I mean, I, no sign pointed to them being willing to out themselves and show up to do that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. there's too much risk. The other thing too that. Um, Werner Herzog's character, the client, set up earlier in this that really set up this ending scene was he said he when the Mandalorian goes, "What are you gonna do with this baby? Uh, what are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do with it?" And she's like, "That's kind of against your code. Um, you're the best there is. You're worth. You are worth this amount. Also, and he's like, also, it's impossible to find a Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah." Yeah, he says it's, Which, it's easier to find Beskar than it is Mandalorians these days. So think about that. Like, yeah. So his his mindset is they don't even know about these Mandalorians in the city. No, he doesn't So know. when all those Mandalorians show up, the other the bounty hunters would be like, what the like, crap is yeah, happening? Who are these guys? Like, yeah. literally, it would be like, I mean, it would be like, E.T. is here. <laughs> it's E.T. on Earth. And then the end of E.T. where there's a bunch of other E.T.s and you're like, oh, what's happening? Where am I? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a bad example, but. There you go. Um, like I said, uh, you I don't know, know where they're going. Where my, are they going? Yeah, my favorite moments are about the same as yours. Um, the only thing I would add is uh, any. I'm now instantly excited about any scene between Grief and the Mandalorian. That, I, I love the two of them; they're dynamic. He is so. done. By the way, isn't he done being a bounty hunter now? Uh, Mandalorian? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, once you turn on the guild, I, I don't see how they ever welcome him back in their good graces. So that, what's he going to do? <laughs> I mean, he has a lot. Yeah. Of, he has. That's, Money from Beskar, so I mean, he he made a huge decision, a couple huge decisions in this episode, but one of them being basically to turn on the guild that has given him everything. Yeah, like he he has made his living, his lifestyle based on that profession, and he's and been able, to, yeah, give money back to the foundlings because, as we know, the foundlings, they're our future. Yeah, sure, <laughs> I guess. I'm rallying. Cry. We don't really know much about. I'm them. running. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I'm running uh, for the Galactic Senate. Yeah, and I'm running on that. The Foundlings. Uh huh. They're our future. Okay. Yeah. Vote for the Foundlings. In 2020. You want you to look a Foundling <laughs> in the face, and I want you to say, "You listen. You're our future." And also infrastructure. I'm also going to run on infrastructure as well. Um, I feel like like an alternate title for this episode could have been like uh, Burning Bridges or something like that. Like basically it's about him uh, basically turning his back on everything and really kind of leaning into his relationship with the other Mandalorians, um, both the the lady that kind of runs the forge, the covert or whatever, and also all the other ones. So I kind of feel like he's kind of been standoffish, didn't have, never had a signet, never really been fully a part of the club. And now it's like, okay, like they're obviously all together in league right. together. Now. They're all together now. And I I think honestly the the next episode really could be about him and the mandalorians like about doubling down on their relationship and how their their interactions are gonna be from from this point forward so very cool um questions thoughts predictions for futures future i, episodes? I have no what idea do, what do you want to see next i have no idea where he's going yeah yeah 
and it, what the this, next kind when, of thing will be. When you think about it, this this episode ended exactly the same way that the episode two ended. Like it's 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 him with a child in his ship leaving, and we have no idea where yeah, he's going. And no idea. Yeah. yeah. So in that way, like not well, much has changed, but like, we were led lot, to assume a lot, a lot he's probably going to take this thing back. I mean, signs yeah. point to him going back. Yeah. The only place we, we know he's not going right now is back to the client. So yeah, I mean, I guess maybe he goes back. He's going to go back somewhere else because the now he's going to have the whatever the last remains of the empire, whatever that group is that's out there. Yeah. Some of those people will be after him too. So they're going to oh, be yeah. after him. Everyone's Bounty hunters going to be after him. It's going to be all chase at this point, too. Yeah, it's so. a wanted man. I, I'm very interested. One of my questions is, is there some way that he can deactivate the fobs? Like, so that they can get, basically, he can get get it to the point where he's no longer being chased by all these bounty hunters. Um, I, I'm very interested to see where he goes next. I'm mm-hmm. very interested to see if he basically embraces, like, this Mandalorian covert as, like, his only guild going forward. Like, they have something going on. You yeah. know, maybe we see a lot more of John Favreau's uh, Mandalorian um, does he get a jetpack? Bet he did. If he wants one, he'll get one. I, I think he has to at some point during the yeah. season. I mean, he's got so much money, he can get a best car <laughs> uh, plated backpack or jetpack. Um, Sponsored by East, East, East Pack. East I, I, wrote, I wrote this question down. Did Dr. Pershing get everything he needed from the child? That's the thing, too. And, and who will... Who's really collecting that? Is it Giancarlo? Yeah. His character. Um, at what point will we see the stormtroopers' heads on pikes? Yeah. That was in the trailer. Because that was in the trailer. Yeah. I still got to think that's part of this. That's got to be in the next episode, right? Like wherever Maybe he's going next. Maybe the Empire people show up and be like, what What did you do? You screwed this up. But all the stormtroopers are all dead. He's going... Some yeah, of them. I mean, that's got to be a very anti-Empire planet, wherever we Maybe saw so. whatever that trailer is. Maybe so. Yeah. I don't know. Um, are they going to clone the child is another question I have. It does the, um, matter that they took from the child. Is that a tie into the new movie? Because we're led to believe the emperor is back or never went away. Right. Maybe his ability to live longer. Rise of Scott uh, is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to heal. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Is applied. I don't know. I'm, I'm reading a lot in. That's been some speculation too, that maybe there's some things in this that are going to lead to. The uh, new movie. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Can I, Rise of Skywalker. Can I, I don't want to be overly negative. Can I mention just a couple little, gri- little gripes I'm starting of to have? Of course. So there, Other than Carl Weathers, we could rich beyond our wildest dreams. Now, Happy Gilmore. In the first two episodes, I really liked the scenes where he's like walking through town and we see all these different alien species mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. Um, this, this episode, it, it's feeling a little long in the tooth for me, the, those scenes. Like, I got it the first time, and now it's kind of like, okay, I get it, guys. Like, I know this is like a bustling town. That I timed it. From the time that he leaves his ship and gets to the guild to drop off the child, it's a full minute, 60 seconds more of, like, just the same kind of scenes that we've seen mm-hmm. before. And so I'm kind of feeling some of the padding. Like, you know, they wanted to make it. You know, thirty-one minutes instead of yes. twenty-nine. Like yes. I, I'm feeling some of that in in some of the episodes. Uh-huh. I think that probably goes away with the next episode because he's never returning to that planet. Right. That's, that's one one right. thing that's for sure. Um, but I, I'm feeling a, a little bit of padding here and there. Yeah. Um. So, um, I'm trying to think what else I had that was a little negative. Uh, oh, I thought the um. Did you, what do you think about the scene of the little baby pod in the dumpster? 
Oh my gosh! I thought it, I thought it was like definitely a mo- like you needed that moment to know that like that he's in danger. You, but but it was a little on the nose. Like it felt a little like like a little. Uh, you saw his, on your you saw his rage. His rage meter <laughs> yeah. went through the roof. I, th- I, like, I would have liked to see what his antenna go up and go. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, it felt a little cheesy to me. Like, I, f- I felt like they could have done something oh. else. Or maybe Jess showed the scene where he's spying on them, like, to know this, that something is not going well. They wanted you, you to know? know, man. They wanted you to know <laughs> the, that the, this, was, hey, this like, baby the, is in danger. The fact hey, that you they threw what? it in the trash is Well, kind the of... baby may be dead. That was what I thought. Oh, right, right, hey, right. This baby may be dead already. Yeah, he may yeah. be too late. This may be just total revenge of him. Yeah. So, that, so those are really my only two little. Those are small little gripes, but little gripes. As, as I was watching, I was just like, uh, I could kind of do without a couple of these things. Um, well, very cool, very cool. Um, what else are you watching on Disney Plus? Okay, so I, I mentioned it. You and I before we started talking, went back and watched my son Miller and I watched um, some Star Wars Rebels this morning. Cool. He has not watched a ton of Star Wars stuff. He's watched Star Wars stuff, but it's not necessarily like his jam. Um, went back and watched. I went back and watched. Jammy, jam, 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 jam. Um, went back and watched. Um, also went back and watched the X Men, the original animated series stuff. Oh wow! Because it's on there. Because I bought Fox. It's on there. I'll be honest. I I've not looked through the service enough to know that that was even on there. It's awesome, and it's great. Cool. I wonder too. Is there a show on there that no one has watched? Like I'm. I'm hope. I wish that Disney would put out. There's gotta be. There's one of them. No one's watched. Hocus Pocus 8, Return of the, you know, Witch Sisters. I don't know. I, I want to say, I, I I would love for that show to be Lizzie McGuire, but I know that there are just millions. There's somebody. Of, so millions of people will watch Lizzie when McGuire. When they're rebooting Lizzie McGuire, they're going to have a new series or whatever. Yeah. I'm also interested to see when they start rolling out more series, too. Yeah. Because that's been one thing that people have kind of complained about. But I'm also like, that's kind of a stupid thing to complain about at this point. If we get a year in and they're like, well... That Mandalorian sure was good, wasn't it? <laughs> that would be problematic. Yeah, because they'll have something, but but they'll have something by then. But anyway, you have, what are you watching? Um, I'm pretty much uh, other than the Mandalorian, of course, exclusively watching the Clone Wars TV mm, show, which is great. So yeah, I'm about eight episodes into it now, I love and it. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, there were the last couple episodes were kind of like a part one, part two of of Anakin uh, searching for R two D two. Like he gets he gets kidnapped basically mm-hmm. like in in the middle of midst of this fight and he has to go fight you know go get him back basically mm-hmm. really great scenes with ahsoka and general grievous yes. and um i'm just really enjoying the plots there so i heard that the show quote gets good by like season three but i'm already enjoying it in season one i like so. season two a lot as well yeah um is it max canada is that the name of the person anyway no 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 that's Maz canada who am i thinking there's a max per- anyway it's an assassin guy Anyway, yeah, the only characters there's I've a seen, bounty hunter that comes on at one point. It's really, oh, really? cool too. That's cool. I I'd like to see. I heard Mandalorians are in the show yeah. at some point. I'd like they to are. see that later on. Um, Plo Koon is in the first couple episodes, which I yeah. really like Plo mm-hmm. um, a lot. But um, yeah, just good. Like I'm learning a lot about droids and ships and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So pretty cool. Je- uh, Jordan has been watching Toy Story two and three over and over and over again. Well, she yeah. loves those movies. Orky is in the house. She, she hasn't watched Toy Story four though. Like that—that's the thing. She's she's only two and three. She's never seen Toy Story four. No, she's seen it twice, but she's never seen it. I, I don't even know if it's on Disney Plus. I don't think it is. Yeah, they, there she's was been a, watching one show that has Forky on it though. I didn't see that. Yeah, she did watch that. She watched um, what? What's uh, that make? What, what, what is money? What is money? Yeah, and she she thought that was pretty good, pretty funny. So very cool. Last thing. Oh yeah. 
That last thing I want to mention is, and I'll p- probably put a link to this in the show notes, like in the actual podcast notes. Um, if you want to search for this while you're listening to the episode, there is Mandalorian merch that's on its way, and I'm already a sucker for some of it. Um, I'm probably going to get a t-shirt at some point. They have like an official uh, website, I think, that's running like the official Disney gear that mm-hmm. you can get. So I'll put a, a link to that. And the word on the street is that Baby Yoda merchandise is supposed to be on the way. Good. Like at first, John Favreau said that he wasn't. I saw this in an interview. He wasn't actually even like sending those like likenesses and stuff to anybody because he didn't want anything to leak or get spoiled, which would have been a big deal. Yeah. And so I think they're just now like starting to get mm-hmm. some of that to manufacturers. But be on the lookout. I'm sure um, Baby Yoda will be on quite a few people's Christmas list. Can I make a statement? And I want you to understand this. Phil, um, I'm going to reach out right now, John Farber. If you're um, if you're listening, whatever money is made from this these shirts, they can make a killing. By the way, uh, yeah. Well, okay, great. That's really bad wording, but <laughs> but the the money, at least a portion of it, needs to go to the foundlings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know why? Because they're our future. Don't be greedy. Don't take all that money yeah, for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These foundlings, they need you. They need your help. Come on, John. Come on, John. These Mandalorians have been sent away from their home because the Empire. And the least you could do is send a couple couple bars of Beskar to these foundlings. That's all I wanted to say. I don't want to go. I don't want to go off. I know people get tired of, you know, my charity rants. But this is the good charity. It's, it's, it's almost life day, for Pete's sake. <laughs> My gosh. I'm appalled. I'm Darth Mauled and appalled. Oh, my gosh. All right. That's it. And scene. Well, thanks thanks for joining us for this episode of Disney Plus Reviews. We'll be reviewing episode D-P-R. four. D-P-R. D plus R. D plus R equals awesome. Um, uh, tune in next week. Uh, we should be, we're actually posting this a little bit earlier. Typically, we're going to release these episodes on Mondays, but uh, join, join us uh, next Monday. We'll be talking about episode four, and we will see you then.